This episode is brought to you by Dragon Ball Legends, the ultimate Dragon Ball experience on your mobile device. Dragon Ball Legends features action-packed anime action RPG gameplay with Goku, Vegeta, Trunks, and all your favorite Dragon Ball characters. Summon your favorite characters from popular Dragon Ball anime series, such as Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball GT to Dragon Ball Super. Fight in real time against friendly or rival Dragon Ball players from across the globe in live PvP battles. Enter ratings matches with your favorite Dragon Ball characters and earn rating points and rewards. Unite with friends to defeat powerful foes in co-op. Dragon Ball Legends features the best anime fighting scenes on your mobile device. And now, Legends Festival is on, so you can get up to 300 free summon tickets. Are you ready? Download Dragon Ball Legends today. Available for free on both iOS and Android devices. What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to catch up with Ollie of the band Broadside over Zoom video. The last time we had Ollie on the podcast, we actually had the entire band of Broadside on. And this was three years ago. They hadn't even released Into the Raging Sea yet. They had a few songs from the album out, but they hadn't released the whole thing. It was in the middle of the the pandemic. So it was really amazing to catch up with Ollie, you know, see what they had going on for the past three years. We talked all about the new album. We really recapped a bit on the the previous interview, but you should listen to that one as well. It's on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, But we recap that one a little bit and then go into into the raging sea and of course all about the new album they have some amazing features on this record and we talk about the big tour they have coming up as well uh you can watch the interview with ollie on our facebook page and youtube channel at bringing it backwards it'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel like us on facebook follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at bringing back pod and if you're listening to this on spotify apple music google podcasts it would be awesome if you follow us there as well. Rate, review the podcast. It really, really helps us out. It would be greatly appreciated. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Broadside. Today, hip-hop dominates pop culture, but it wasn't always like that. And to tell the story of how that changed, I want to take you back to a very special year in rap. 88, it was too much good music. The world was on fire. Fire, yeah. I'm Will Smith. This is Class of 88, my new podcast about the moments, albums, and artists that inspired a sonic revolution and secured 1988 as one of hip-hop's most important years. We'll talk to the people who were there. 
And most of all, we'll bring you some amazing stories. You know what my biggest memory from that tour is? It was your birthday. Yes, and you brought me to Sade life-size cardboard cutout. <laughs> this is Class of 88, the story of a year that changed hip-hop. Listen to Class of 88 wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge the entire series right now on the Amazon Music app or Audible. Hey, what's up, Ollie? How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing awesome, man. Uh, I appreciate you doing this. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much. Yeah, we chatted uh, three years ago on this podcast. Oh, man. Where does it all go, you know? <laughs> uh, isn't that crazy? Uh, it was the middle of COVID and you... I don't even know if you had announced the name of the 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 last album out yeah. yet or into the raging sea i don't even know if that was out yet or anything it was kind of <laughs> like yeah we had this idea and then <laughs> covid and <laughs> so, uh, the good the good old days the the playing video games all day days <laughs> exactly so i'm excited to to chat with you again and and kind of get caught up on what y'all have done in the last three three years now yeah no it's uh i'm happy to be back thank you for having me again that's great yeah. I love your skateboard decks. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I started rewarding myself on tour now where I'm like, I don't like to buy uh, too many things, you know, because traveling. So yeah. I recently just started uh, just collecting decks from all across the country and then only skating some of them. So that's so awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I skateboarded as a kid growing up. I mean, that's what I that was my whole thing. Skateboarding and going to shows. That's so sick. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. You know, nowadays it's just kind of cruising and bombing hills. So I try to avoid all the, uh, the, the intense stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm almost 40. So it's like my uh, older son was picking up skateboarding for a little bit. So I'm like, so I was all stoked. I'm like building him little fun boxes and stuff. Oh, like that's right. Skate park. And I'm like out there trying to be a hero. And yeah, <laughs> I'm like way too old for this. <laughs> That's sick. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, because la last time we chatted, you were like in a, your kitchen or something. And yeah. I just remember it was Zoom and you had your background. You put up like Walt Disney World, like the front of Walt <laughs> Disney World. What an uh, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm just hanging out here waiting for it to open up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <just> <laughs> Uh, oh man, so, that's rad. Yeah, so it's cool to see your room this time. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, here the, we go. Not that the uh the not that the, the Disney, Disney World wasn't, wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. Um <laughs> Cool. Uh, well, um I want yeah, actually I was just I listened to the other interview so we don't repeat a bunch of stuff. So if people are coming on again, they can listen to the first one. Uh mm. but I want to kind of just recap a little bit what we chatted about since it's been 3 years. Yeah, um, sure. I we, I didn't find out where you were actually born and raised. So I was born in Orange County, California. Oh, you were? Okay, yeah. I'm from San Diego. I recently moved to Nashville, but I born and raised in oh, San Diego. Oh, let's go. Yeah, so I was born there and moved, moved from California around three. And so I grew up mostly in Las Vegas, Nevada, in a, a town called Henderson. Oh, okay. Um, and that's pretty much where I spent, like, the primary years. But, like, you know, the, the years where I... Uh, developed into my uh young adult the important the punk rock years i spent okay. between vegas and then uh after my the man my mom was dating he passed away and uh you oh know gosh. 
well, yeah, yes, I, I was, I, I did throw it out there like that, but I also, you know, the government gives you money, you know, when, <laughs> when, <laughs> when you're poor happen. and these, <laughs> these things happen. So then we moved back to the East Coast when I was around 13 in okay. uh, Richmond, Virginia. So, oh, between, you did move to Richmond. Okay. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then that's where I, that's where the band thing started. And that's where the, the angst really set in, you know, so uh, late Vegas, uh, I'd say the crime of Vegas and then the, uh, the, uh, Wanting to wanting the crime to exist in Virginia is what really made me who I am. <laughs> I love that. I know you were talking about going to a show. I think you said the. I think you saw the Cure, right? With like Thursday and oh yeah, uh, I just saw them again recently uh, on this last tour, and I cry. <laughs> you saw the Cure. Or you saw Thursday. I saw Cure. The Cure. Yeah. Oh wow, that's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. I had a chance to see them once. They played. I think I, I they're at Coachella when I saw them. Like this is years ago. Oh, that's but, crazy sick. But it was cool. Um, but yeah, we were talking about Thursday last time too, because I think that's why you guys you wanted to sign with Victory. I think uh, originally, literally a hundred percent. Yeah. No, I uh, I still want to see. I want to get the opportunity to see them again now that I see that they're like having touring and and that sort of thing. But it just hasn't lined up. But I'll always have the good the good memories. Yeah, I'll exactly. always have full collapse. I was gonna say, yeah, that's. <laughs> That one is they did a, a reunion tour when I was still in San Diego and they played full collapse at this like little club. It was insane. That's legitimately so sick. <laughs> yeah. And then they also did it again, though, when I saw them with Taking Back Sunday. So that was cool. But they weren't even like the headliner. They're just kind of in the middle of the lineup. So um, bizarre. But it was it was cool as shit, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Um, so, yeah, okay, you were talking to me last time uh, about. You know, you went to the show and then mm-hmm. that kind of sparked your interest for music and mm-hmm. you you downloaded uh, like Audacity. I can't remember. I think it was Audacity, Audacity or, yeah. or Ableton or something. Uh, yeah, Audacity. And then you were kind of making your own songs, right? At that point. Were you in high school in Virginia at that time or were you still yes. in Vegas? No. So I was in high school in Virginia. And it's what's so funny, dude, is I'm so happy that I'm not friends with anybody from my high school because, dude, (laughs) I was just taking any instrument I could. Like, I'd be like borrowing my uncle's guitar and like finding a keyboard, plugging it into Audacity and then just like recording sound. Right. And I was just like, (laughs) this is how you this is how you do it. And then I would burn them onto a CD. Right. And uh-huh. then you, back in the day, I'd get those little like white, you go up to like Target or Walmart, whatever, oh, yeah. the little white stickers, draw my name on them. <laughs> and I was literally handing them out at school. I called myself Modern Dream Crisis. Oh, that's amazing. Just just emotional. You know, I wanted to be the cure so bad. <laughs> and uh, I'm just lucky that I don't have to talk to any of those people because if they brought that up, I might just have a heart attack. <laughs> but you're like, that's, I'm not that's not me. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I think I even had a slight fake British accent uh, going through puberty. So it, <laughs> it haunts me to this day to think somebody's going to pop up into my life and be like, yo, modern dream crisis. <laughs> Do you have a copy of it? Like somewhere? I definitely have it somewhere. I have a copy of that. And I definitely, I was in a, like a metalcore band before, like once I hit uh, the later parts of high school and I have a copy of that too, which is equally embarrassing. But then once I realized that I could merge the two, that's kind of where it all started. And that was, I'd say I started taking myself seriously as a musician, probably immediately after I graduated high school, because it was either like go to college or start a band. And, uh, you know, nobody in my family went to college so they were like i don't know what the hell to do so i was like all right i'm gonna start a band <laughs> <laughs> that worked out were yeah, you exactly. in the with the band you were in, in high school what ended up stopping or ending yeah once you got, yeah they graduated? pretty much ended up yeah they ended up stopping and then um like i i did the local show circuit for like four to five years ended up opening for some pretty cool bands but then realistically what happened was 
I just depending on other people was a nightmare once I hit around like 19. So I believe it or not started to, I was really also into R and B, like just huge into like that, which yeah. is a whole I mean, thing. Those are great vocalists, um, right? <laughs> right. That's the thing. I learned a lot about singing uh, straight up from R and B records. Like I was, that's, you know, I've never taken a, never been classically trained or anything like that so that's kind of like where i learned like how to do runs and all this cool interesting stuff and i and i was just pulled to it i just really liked the vivid imagery of r&b i liked that they were you know just kind of confident and and the voices was always really interesting to me so um you know, I started to do R&B for a while and I was like going on Craigslist and just like finding random producers to record me and shit, which is like <laughs> ridiculous. What, were you writing songs, like your own songs? Yeah, or yeah I was like writing songs, songs okay. trying to find like beats online that I could sing over. And then I found this guy, right? He wanted to manage me. And basically we just hung out for like a month and he got me to do some like local radio stuff. And it was like a local R&B radio. And I was like, oh God, this is getting real. Like this is getting terrible. And then- uh, <laughs> That's awesome. I know. I was like, oh my, like, what am I going to do? Like I was at the time I was living in my friend's garage. Like I had sealed off the corners so ants wouldn't come in and he, he, my manager would come over and be like, all right, let's work on some vocals. And I'm like, uh, all right. I still don't know how to really record anything. Um, Cause you know, in high school with all those bands, it's just like a friend who happens to know how to record, right. you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Of course. And then, so, you know, that happened. And uh, honestly, dude, I got an email one day cause I, I had a cover of stand by me. Mm-hmm. on youtube like r&b cover and yeah. uh, i had a little bit of grit in my tone and the drummer of a band broadside their singer had just quit on warp tour because he had too much anxiety or something they were like following the tour selling cds and they were this is crazy dude the guy who they were selling cds for uh so he was in a band called a loss for words and oh, wow. i know that band and um this is the crazy thing he reached out to me and he was like yo our singer just quit we were guaranteed to play a warp tour date if we sold all the CDs to for this, you know, for the they're on inside. We're selling, we're handing out our CDs and then selling uh pure noise CDs or like the label. And they were, and I was like, Oh, that sucks. He was like, Would you like to come and try to be in our band? We're really looking for that like Johnny Craig, like R and B kind of vibe. And I was okay. like, All right, I've never been in a pop punk band, I'll give it a go. I was like, Where do you live though? And he was uh-huh. like, Oh, in Virginia. And I was like, Oh, I'm in Virginia. Like, where are you at? And he gave me the address and it was four minutes from my house. No way. And he had That's no idea. Crazy. So I go there, blah, blah, blah. I'm in the band. Here I am today. And you ready for this? My manager today is the very same person that was having them sell CDs. <laughs> no way. I thought you were going to say it's the guy from the garage. It's the singer. <laughs> it's the uh it's the singer of a lost for words yeah no way that's yeah, crazy uh full on full circle with that but yeah so that's i've been cruising with this probably about 10 maybe 10 and a half years now i think with just broadside and it's been so many faces so much traveling i've lived so many different places i went back to la for a while and now here i am and you know just keep pushing forward are you back in richmond so i was in richmond last time you talked to me and now i'm down in I just after just towards uh, when when all when all those uh, wild whites rushed the uh, capital is the day ah. I moved down to Orlando uh, <laughs> oh, to be man. with the rest of my band and uh, okay so now I'm in Orlando and you know what I'm gonna be here for about another seven months and then I got to get out of here too you know I just I don't know what it is I just haven't found that place my fiance and I haven't found that place where we just want to be present. 
for a I think long you'd, time. I th- you'd look good here in Nashville. So, you know, what's funny <laughs> that is, I think the next move, because I have a lot of friends out there, uh, gonna we say, an album out there and it's close to me. I get the mountains, I get the cool people and I get to be around music. So I'm legitimately thinking that's, that is what's going to happen. So that would be sick, that? man. I mean, your, your genre, when I yeah. moved here, uh, we moved in February, 21 came out in December, 2020 to check it out. Uh, I was like, okay, this is going to be just like a total like country music town, which I mean, right. heavily is obviously, sure. but so many bands, like I was interviewing a lot of art. What sparked me was like a lot of the artists I was interviewing were living in either Nashville or Franklin or like around the area. And it was like, where they're like, oh yeah, I live in Franklin. I'm like, where's that? And they're like, oh, in like 20 minutes South of Nashville. I'm like, no way. So it was like, Anthony of Bayside and uh, Brian Key of Yellow Card, who I think ended up moving and uh, Dashboard lives here and uh, like all these like the guys from um, Under Oath and the uh, Maddie from uh, uh, Memphis May Fire. I mean, he lives right down like four minutes from my house. I mean, it's just crazy. Like that that scene is here. And I was like, no way. I'm noticing (laughs) a lot of people are saying that. Are you in... um I'm thinking about East Nashville, at least, but that's just where I've spent a lot of my time. But I'm planning to come down like after this next tour and my fiance and I are going to go around and just check out all the all the areas that people have recommended. OK, I um, live what, down I by say, I live. I'm like down. By, I live in Spring Hill, which is like down by like south of Franklin a little bit. OK, cool. Uh, that's where uh, uh, Cody from Wage War. There's a lot of people that live around in this area, okay, um, cool. but we're f- about 35 minutes from the downtown Nashville. Uh, East Nashville is like close to obviously, but that's a little hit. That's a, more of the hipper area. Of, I was going to say down here is more like, you know, we live down here because I got two kids. We're in the burbs, but I mean, I like I the burbs. I was going to say <laughs> I've been in the burbs here for the past year and a half. But the problem with the burbs here is it's just vintage people, which I have no disrespect, but I'm just like, you know, like you're living your life. But I feel unholy. You know, because I like to run and when I'm feeling myself, I like to run with no shirt on and I'm a, you know, I'm heavily tattooed. I feel strange running by some of these old people and they're breaking their necks in the front of their yard. Like, what the hell? Uh, oh, you'll fit right in, dude. No, <laughs> dude, like, no, no one would even bat an eye. That's what I'm saying. Here. <laughs> so, so I'll have to check that out. I'll have uh, to check that out because I like the dude, burbs now and I, I'm, I'm about to be 35. You know, I got to I got to start thinking like, what is it? What matters to me? Eight dollar coffee? Or a nice peace and quiet. I could drink my coffee in the backyard. You know what I mean? So you love it here. That that's the vibe down here. We and, and again, that would be so sick if you moved here. Okay. Um, but back to you. Um, so now you're in Orlando. Yep. Um, I forgot where we we're going. Oh, you so so you guys were before you joined Broadside was following around the the warp tour, they were they were allowed to sell CDs in to the line, yep. But they weren't allowed to play unless they sold all the CDs for yeah, somebody uh, them. Exactly. It was like, hey, if you want to help us out, like sell you, you're pushing your CDs to the line, having kids like listen to Broadside. And if you want to help out, they have these like compilation CDs of like the label uh, mm-hmm. artists on the label. And they're like, oh, yeah, you pedal some of these and then like we'll strike a deal. I'll let you play a couple dates at the end of Warp Tour. So basically they would probably get them like a guest pass, you know, and then like probably set it up with whatever it is. I think at that time they had like one of those artist stages where it's like, you know, you could get recommended. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, 
So I think that was the situation, but their singer just bailed before, like right before that was supposed to happen. And he reached out to me. I didn't end up doing finishing, obviously, Warp Tour with them, but uh, I was going to ask you, did you do those? Yeah, 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 you didn't do the dates. Did they even do the dates? No, they they, they ended up just coming back home. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Such a such a bummer. But at the same time, you guys. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was going to say now, I mean, you've done you did like the last Warped Tour, I think, or like the yeah. last couple. Yeah, I did 2016. And then we did. Yeah, the very last one, 2018. So who cares? That's awesome. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Oh, yeah. So you yeah, you joined the band. Then you you guys put out Storyteller. That was kind of what mm-hmm. really sparked everything. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then immediately, like because I'd been playing shows in the city for five plus years at that point, it was nice to kind of see like oh, wait, this is like a an audience. Like people are showing up to see this band. You mm. know what I mean? Like people were really stoked for me. Um, and then also they were just stoked on the band because it was like, okay, they had the pop punk vibe, right? Like the music, instrumentation and sonically. But then they had like, I was trying to do this like wild, you know, type of diva shit. And then like yeah. the boyfriends at first hated it. You know what I mean? And then <laughs> the girlfriends were like, oh, this is crazy cool, which naturally you bring the ladies, you bring the men, you bring the right. boys, you know what I mean? And then uh and then they were like, oh, we can mosh and two step to this. This is kind of fire. And I was like, well, and so I think they just liked that it wasn't gimmicky. It was just kind of like a let's try this and it worked out. And Richmond really did a good job at upholding us um and really pushing us out there. Yeah, because um, people started to see that and they were like, oh, this is, this is cool as shit. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. With that, like joining them, like after they had, they must've had some sort of like fan base at that point. Right. I mean, yeah, they, might, they obviously weren't where they, you guys became, oh, and no, no, no. When you got signed, but like before that, like jumping in as the singer, was that weird? Like, did you have to play hit the guy's songs from before Dude. or? Don't even get me started on that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Dude, they rolled up, bro. I had to practice and read off the damn lyrics on the page. And they're so bad. Like straight oh, up. Like f- act, full disrespect. Those lyrics sucked ass. Um, <laughs> full disrespect. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was just like, whatever. Like respects. No, no. They, they were just bad. And, and it was just like not really. And, they, and as far as fans, like they had they were friends with a lot of cool bands at the time. Like there was a lot of East Coast bands that were that were doing it and they were doing like little tours. And even when I first started the band, like a year and a half in, we could only afford to do like the weekend tours. And because of Richmond, it's either do we go up north or do we go down south? We would literally be like, OK, try to go up to Baltimore, try to go hit up Boston, never made it, you know, into New York or anything like that. It was just way too expensive. And then uh-huh. we'd come down to the Carolinas and then we'd tr- hit like the weird parts of Florida, not even make it to Orlando, just the weird, like, who the hell are you, man? Uh, parts, <laughs> parts of town. And so that's all we could do. We did that for like a solid year. And then st- what what we did was when we finally could officially record Storyteller, we had a friend named Laura come down. We paid her 250 bucks and she recorded a video Um, and we and Andrew, the drummer at the time, we sat down and because of the connections he made through Warp Tour, because of whatever, we sat down and we cold emailed every person we knew um, and uh, sent the video. It was like, hey, we're a band out of Richmond, blah, blah, blah. Here's the music video. And then the next morning we woke up and Alt Press Japan had posted it. And we were like, shit's Damn. different now, boys. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it really worked out. It just started to gain some traction there and you know we 
were pushing for a little while and and then uh we started to get pretty pretty big play bigger shows in richmond but still not touring Mm -hmm. and then some labels reached out to us but then like we had a member quit because he wanted to go be with his girlfriend and then the label was like oh that was my favorite member i'm not going to sign you anymore dumbass shit like that oh really Yeah. And so Broadside was like a hometown hero band. Like our crowds in Richmond were like two, three hundred. And uh-huh. on a not label with having like two songs recorded, the shit was it was like crazy. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Our, Sorry, I don't want to cut yeah. you off, but I'm just curious real quick on the um, on the, the music side of it, just because yeah. you had Storyteller. You said you only had a, one other song recorded. Like how quickly were you able to like weed out the other old songs? Like was did that take a bit of time? Yeah, that took like that took like maybe eight months, which is okay. Which, it was so like long enough for me because I because he was just it was not in my range. The lyrics didn't make sense to me, you know. Right, like, you were singing nah. someone else's songs. You're yeah, like, it just okay, didn't, it didn't hit. I wanted to take the band to a more uh, like eclectic, like personal, and more like artsy. With the lyricism, at least, like I want. Yeah, I mean, you're a great reflect. lyricist. It's right, not like thank you. <laughs> I had a lot of shit to say. You know, I was young. You know, I was yeah, fucking. I was born in a car. You know what I mean? Like, oh you, my gosh, that's what kind of person <laughs> wants to talk about it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, uh, like, when you guys were getting approached by the the label early on yeah. before the member quit, yeah. was a lot of your catalog still the older songs? So we had like a bunch of newer stuff. We just couldn't afford to record it. Got so we it. had okay. right, yeah. So, so then what happened was we recorded that, and we recorded another song. Uh, it was called Avery, and then it ended up being a song called a um uh, a better way, which is on our first record. Yeah, yeah, and okay. That was about at that time my best friend had passed away, and it was like three. So this is the other crazy thing, dude. What really pushed me into broadside and just to dial back is I got that message. I went and tried out for the band. I, at the time, I was a maintenance man. I was a maintenance tech at an apartment complex and they treated me so bad because I was young and they were like old and jaded and mad. Yeah, yeah, they would literally (laughs) abuse me like straight up. Like someone, you know, was shot at the property and they made me like hand scrub the blood off the concrete. They were just like abused the the wildest stuff, dude. But anyways, one day I get called into the office. My specialty was uh, resurfacing bathtubs because I could handle the smell. I knew how to do it. I had a steady hand. Uh They're all all (laughs) like shaking. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they made me teach this guy how to do it one day. And I was like, this is weird. So he like sat in with me while I did it. And then I got called in the office and they were like, yeah, man, I'm going to have to let you go. And I was like, what? Like, wow. And it was just trained your replacement. basically, literally. And he was just like, yeah, it is what it is. So I called Andrew and I was like, hey, man. I'm ready to go full in on the band. And then we did another weekend tour. We played a show to like four people for all weekend, like every show got paid in French fries, classic. And then (laughs) like, yeah, that's when that we got back that week, started cold calling, started to gain some hype and then kept riding that. One of the member left, one of the labels pulled out, whatever. But then our drummer was like, look, these shows are huge. They're good. But I got to get out of here. I got to move to California. I got to, I'm ready to like, you know, take my life with my fiance Uh and ready to make it big, you know? And I was like, all right, so let's play our last show. And we played our last show. It was incredible. It was phenomenal. I met this girl. um, And so I was like, it's fine. I'll just spend more time with her. She has a hot tub at her house anyways. (laughs) 
the band's done, whatever. And then my friends reach out to me and they're like, yo, we just got this two app. So he's in California. The band is broken up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he goes, they're on a, they're going on tour with a band called Hit the Lights. And they were like, um, yo, so, and they were a band called July and they're from Canada. And they were like, our singer just quit. Would you be able to fill in for us? I did oh, the wow. tour. Yeah, funny. Week and a half goes by. I'm going on tour. I'm talking to this girl, blah, blah, blah. I finished the tour on the last day home. I'm driving our van. They also wanted to use our van because they were Canadian. So I was like, fine. And I was like, we're not using it. Who cares? Um, <laughs> They're like, can you sing and go use your car? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, on the way home, dude, I got an email from Victory Records. And it was like, hey, we heard Storyteller. We'd like you to come to Chicago and, you know, do a little junket for us and see how it goes. So I called all the guys and I was like, hey, I want this to happen. Would you guys be interested? We do it. I get home. They're like, they heard this two song or the three songs that we had, the two that were recorded on a shitty demo. Uh-huh. Um, and they saw the music video and they were like, we want to sign you, blah, blah, blah. Two weeks later, uh, we wrote Coffee Talk. I wrote it about that girl. And no way. Yeah. And then the rest is just boom, boom. Holy shit. Wow. Okay. So did mm. the guy that moved to California come back and do the show? Yeah, he was in Cal- Exactly. He, we flew him back out. Dude, we had no money. Like we had to open up a credit card just to fly him out. Oh man, I know. Talk and about so did he stay with you guys, or, or did he? Yeah. Or did you guys? Okay, so once he you signed, he was like, then, "Oh, we should." I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay. Yeah, he was just back and forth in it, and then luckily we recorded the first album with Kyle Black out in L.A., so he only had to drive from San Diego to L.A. Oh, he um, was in San Diego. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's where I was. Yeah, that's and crazy. that's 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 what happened. That damn. He was like, "Oh, it's so nice here. I just go out and look. <laughs> I look at boats. I'm like, all right, dude, shut up. All right. He's like it's sunny and <laughs> seventy degrees yeah. here every day. <laughs> Literally. But then he was like, "Oh, wait, there's a signing on the table. Like, let's do it. And then he <laughs> he cruised with us, and then we got all the way up to Warp Tour. And on the very last day of Warp Tour, he was like, "Guys, I think this is as far as I'm gonna ride this." I'm going to go because I'm trying to have a baby. Oh, and I was wow. like, oh, this was the best day and the worst day ever. Because I was like, we just did an entire warp tour. What year was this? Was this 2016? Like- oh, okay. This was the 20. 20- so you had the album out with victory at that time. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Because once that summer hit, things were just like that, that warp tour 2016 pretty much changed our life for sure. Hello, Fresh. What is going on, friends? It is Adam from Bringing It Backwards, and I'm here to tell you about how much I absolutely love HelloFresh. Our family loves HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it is America's number one meal kit. Maybe your New Year's resolution this year is to save some money or eat better or stress less. HelloFresh is here to help you do all three of those things. You can say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like or at a price I love delivered right to your doorstep. I love the fact that I don't have to go to the grocery store. That is my favorite thing because I show up there and I have no idea what I'm buying, I'm uh, you know the basic things, but then I get there and I'm like, uh, what am I gonna have for dinner? Or what 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 are we gonna make for dinner for the next you know four or five nights? And I'm just throwing stuff in the cart, 
and none of it is going to make one full meal. It's just random ingredients to make who knows. And from scratch without uh, some sort of plan or idea, I can really only make like one, maybe two things. If you're like me and you don't want that recipe boredom to strike, HelloFresh has more options than ever before. Dig into their biggest menu yet with over 45 dinner options to choose from weekly and even more market add-on items that suit any lifestyle. Going to that grocery store also takes quite a bit of time. You can save time with convenient recipes delivered right to your doorstep. I know every Wednesday that HelloFresh box is going to show up at my house and I'm so excited to just open it and see, you know, what am I going to get this week? Like the other night, my family and I had the Sweet Thai Chili Burgers. So good. Little crispy onions on top and sweet potato wedges. And everything I needed was right there in the bag. It was amazing. Sweet potato wedges, the burger, the bun, all of that good stuff. And it only took me 35 minutes to make the entire meal for my family of four. It's so easy, so convenient. And what's really great is you just choose your meals and select your delivery day. Like I said, Wednesdays for me, maybe Mondays for you or Friday. HelloFresh handles the meal planning and shopping. So all you have to do is open your weekly box of pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes to get cooking. And you've probably heard, you know, they say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. A lot of people don't, they don't have, I never had breakfast until I met my wife. She's like, you don't eat breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. I'm like, ah, now I see. I see it and HelloFresh agrees. In fact, they're giving all subscribers free breakfast for life. That's right, life. You'll never have to think about breakfast again. You just know it's coming with the HelloFresh box. That means you'll enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. If I'm being honest, that's worth waking up early for. To get free breakfast for life, go to HelloFresh.com slash backwards free and use the code backwards free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash backwards free with the code backwards free. HelloFresh.com slash backwards free. Use the code backwards free for free breakfast for life. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Did Coffee Talk take off right away? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We put Coffee Talk out, and we put the ads in front of like all the cool bands at the time. That was like a victory approach, where there was like ten seconds of it, and something about a song starting with the chorus. It just really worked, and people oh, yeah. were, like all. If you go back to the comment, I still get this today. It was like, yeah, I saw your video on an ad of a day to remember or all time, whatever you know. And they were yeah. like, I thought this band was gonna suck, but pretty good. And I was like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so yeah so that's it's pretty funny man uh and then now the band is a completely different band none of the members are the same except for me and um same members from last time we spoke yes same members from last time we spoke minus a drummer now now he's left again baby drummers and babies man oh wow they love to make families so now it's we're just a three-piece and we hire out on the drummer and we have a but we've had a friend come out with us the last couple of last couple of tours and he's from Canada as well. No um, way. Wait, so is so mm-hmm. is Jeff not in the band? Yeah, Jeff is not in the band anymore. 
Okay, because I remember mm -hmm. he, he he was the one that he had all the like music knowledge, right? Wasn't he like a music school oh, guy? Yes. <laughs> and then so. after him, it's like, oh no. <laughs> Sorry, I don't do want to like open up a wound, but like, <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, no. I remember you guys kind of talking about that, like, because yep. when you guys recorded the album, that yeah, was, he, he that really walked came us out. That. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was. So now you're a three piece band. Now we're a three piece. Yep. Okay. Well, just to kind of rewind to the point of where we spoke, uh, it was COVID. You hadn't mm -hmm. had, uh, you hadn't put out the album yet. And then obviously, you know, stuff has opened up. And, and so sure. like once, once you put out, like when did uh, Into the Raging Sea actually come out? Like, what, do you remember what month? Because it was in 2020. I think. Yeah, I believe, I don't remember what month, but I definitely remember it being, um, here, I can look it up for you. I remember it towards being- Towards the end of uh, the year? Yeah, towards the end of the year. And then we didn't end up playing anything until- Oh, I think I just found it July. Oh, July. Yeah, July. Yeah, okay. so, so there we go. Um, so like kind of right there in the summer, I guess, <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. And uh, well, yeah, towards we the end of the month, yeah. uh, end of the year. Yeah. We didn't end up playing it until literally like almost a year after that. So the thing oh, about wow. that record is it did well, but it was a good transitional record because, dude, it's crazy. Like we, I literally, we, I was, I don't know if I remember telling you this, but we recorded the videos in the song, the singles for the videos, the video, we flew out to LA and then on the way home on the damn intercom on the plane they're like uh cdc advises or you know like that you start wearing your masks if you feel comfortable but don't worry about it two days later everything was locked down oh wow no you didn't tell me that that's yeah, crazy the same exact airport was like we're closed whoa so you were flying back and forth this is before yeah obviously everything like right down. before it yeah so you guys were doing the videos all the songs I think it was like done. march yeah, like March 1st, I think, is like when we got back. And then I think like March 5th, it was like. Yeah, yeah. It was like the NBA stopped like in mm -hmm. March, like 11th or something. And I was like, exactly. okay, this is bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, this is bad. Like, if moneymakers money want to stop making money, it must be bad. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So you had all the stuff done, all the basically exactly. the videos, all the everything was ready. And then we were gearing up for PR. And then it was like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, I know that you, you had a tour booked. I think you guys were supposed to be in like Europe when I talked to you and you're like, yeah, bring it up. <laughs> I know, we had a Europe, we had a Japan, we had a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, so then it wasn't until like a, a year later, like mm -hmm. when did you guys end up getting to get out and tour or did you like, get out and yeah, push the record? It was dude, straight up. It, I guess it wasn't until like 2022 and then realistically Dom and I, when, this was because I moved here. We just went out on an acoustic tour and that's oh, all really? we could do. Yeah, we did an acoustic tour, just him and I, because there was still like no real offers on the table. And then yeah. I think like two months after that, we ended up doing the tour with This Wildlife. So yeah, it wasn't, I guess it was like a year and a half after the record came out. Oh my gosh. And wow. so at that point it was like, okay, time to write a new album. You know what I mean? Yeah. So were you working like during I mean, all that time off, it was, were you writing the new album? Like, is you this album's coming out in a couple weeks, right? On yeah, the 10th, yeah, I November tenth. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we didn't really start working on that. Um, we've been working on that for about a year now, I think, with everything. So, yeah, I think we got all the way through COVID. Or we were all kind of like, "What's going to happen? Like, what are we going to do with this?" And then I guess in that, in the back of that, you know, our old drummer had met he met a girl, and I didn't realize that they were as serious as they were, and. 
then they were and then he was just like i'm not you know i can't do this next tour with you guys um and that was our headliner so that would be our first headliner in the past four years and he almost didn't make that tour with us but you know we were like hey we'll pay you this it'll be good for the baby yada yada he yeah was like, yeah okay so he was like yeah proper send-off so we did the tour together bid farewell and then yeah man here we are and then that's when we first started that's when we we were like are we sticking together as a band and i was like hey man i've been through this a million times let's definitely do it and that's immediately when we started working on the new record just uh work with some friends around here um and then also just dom and i really back and forth and a lot and then you know we got the a decent budget from the label and that's why we split this album with two producers two producers who surprisingly said yes to us like andrew bayless out in nashville who just did all the jelly roll stuff and then andrew wade who's did the like a day to remember so like the guys the other two guys in my band grew up here so like to them that's their that's their hero you know right that's like the so orlando do, guy. yeah you got to work with him in orlando yeah. then exactly so the album was split and all of my time funny you should say nashville is uh, was spent going back to nashville for film we filmed videos there music videos there and then we filmed other ones in orlando so the record was split i'd say six months in nashville six months here mm -hmm. wow was it i mean it must have been difficult going into this album so jeff did he help you with this album at all or he had so left already the first two songs he was in um, yeah. One of which ended up on the album, and that was one last time because that came out like literally a year ago, which is crazy. Um, and then, yeah, that was like, what, the that, first single from the yes, album, I think, exactly. Right? Yeah. And then after that, he kind of bounced. So, yeah, in the middle of the record. So it was like, oh, what do we do? And then we just kind of picked the sound and an idea and kind of moved between those two producers, and they really helped us formulate. Um, but they were, the producers were cool with not having a drummer because just, recording drums is it's, nightmare probably <laughs> it's a nightmare yeah so they were like this is fine um we can program them and then just have a drummer come in and we had like a friend help out with some of the tracks he's a who's a drummer in another band here and um yeah just just kind of focused in on the rest of the sounds you know what yeah, I mean? yeah did you did you have to like were all the songs done before he no, left okay no, so just you... just like three or four and we on, we only ended up only one of them ended up making the record we kind of switched up the sound after that also so the he songs wasn't were really... written they right. were just no, not yeah, at all. okay so it didn't really i mean it must him leaving you guys went a total sounds exactly. like a different direction I exactly mean, sonically, but even it wasn't like okay we were ready to go we have all the songs ready and right yeah it wasn't thing. like that yeah it wasn't okay. like that thankfully you know um yeah so did you yeah. know you were going to do an album at that time? I mean, you guys always do an album, which I love. Yeah, I love doing an album. But dude, at this point in my life, it's like, I'm so terrified of like, what else can I do? Like, I've given myself to this. I've convinced myself that I want to wear the artist's skin, right? And so I'm just waiting for my big break. And I've had a lot of really good opportunities, done a lot of big things, but like, financially all my money goes right back into touring you know what i mean so it's like oh man i just start to think like what does the rest of my life look like and i've been planning my life in increments of, of months for the past like eight years like i go on tour i'm like cool i could pay my rent for the next three months like that's it's getting to feel psychotic right so with this record i was like we need to make bigger songs we need to do bigger things i want to play bigger rooms i want to impress other bands like shit i'm trying to get on the radio you know what i have to like i understand that like 
that's the dream for everyone. But it's just like, it's starting to not make sense to me why we stream so well online. Hey, we're you guys gonna, do. I mean, all gonna, yeah, we might pop, that's what I'm saying. We might pop a million monthly album. listeners after yeah. this, but yet can't, you know, like, it's just like bands aren't reaching out. Things aren't working out for us. Like, so things are good and they're fine at this level, but it's like, dude, I mean, I, I'm 10 years in, this is my fourth album. I'm about to play my thousandth show that I've ever played on this next tour. And it's like, I have to really calibrate in my brain. Like, yeah, what am I doing? Like, wow. A you know, thousand? I know. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. You know that. I know. It's, <laughs> like, let alone that. That's, that's brain broken. That's called daddy issues right there. <laughs> but, uh, wow. but yeah, man. So I just, that was the vision. It's like, this is going to be the record that needs to change my life. And if it is it, well, then I have to let it go away because it's not for me. You know, it's not supposed to happen for me at this point, but I feel like it will. It's, and I feel like it can. You're not. Yeah. I was going to say, no. I mean, the what you've achieved. Yeah. So many. I mean, it's well beyond 99% of people that go into this industry and, right and i do i do try to keep that in mind because i'm incredibly grateful you know like we just played we just played japan and even though the shows weren't like popping crazy there was like 50 60 kids in japan at every show singing the lyrics not not even speaking english just singing words that they heard me write and then that's the type of thing where you go what is this like you know praying to whoever like make it make sense to me please like make this real for me um but, you know, so I've been gone down that journey lately where I just want to be able to, I don't know, like not like we're still in a van, you know, like I'm, like that sort of thing. Like I would like to get a good night's sleep on tour. I would like to not get sick on tour, like the bare minimum, you know, yeah. we pay ourselves $10 a day to eat food still. That's I mean, it's just it's not sustainable. I'm about to be 35 on this tour. You know what I mean? Like, when do I start thinking about me? All I can think of is what does the singer of a band do? just stupid but i mean i want it to happen dude i want it, it to will. be a reality you know yeah i i i would be shocked if it doesn't become <laughs> a reality in the next you know this i was surprised that yeah i mean yeah. i'm just curious because i did radio i was on the radio for sure I, I was probably still on the radio when i talked to you last time um i was on the radio for like 17 years and do people even care anymore? <laughs> does it matter even at all? I That's guess. the thing is like, it's navigating what does matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, you can tap into a gimmick. You can be sexy and cool on TikTok. It's just like, there's so many ways to get where you're trying to get to. And I'm just like, my stupid ass is out here thinking if I write a good song, man, well, that <laughs> I still is believe a huge in it. Thing, right. right. I still believe I mean, in a good song, you know, I mean, yeah. that's and what you've raised written me. A you've written a hundred good songs. Dude, thank you, brother. But it's, that was the focus yeah. with this record was I experienced ego death. Um, when I moved here, my, not to get he uh, super heady and heavy, but my fiance, the same girl, uh, we, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and we went through chemo together and I was still having to go on like tour while she would be getting chemo. I was like FaceTiming her during this shit. Oh and it God. really just like really started to spin in my head of like, what am I now losing mm -hmm. by trying to entertain people, by trying to convince people that I'm worthy of their time and like, you know, trying to convince people to feel better about their side themselves and to persevere and all the other things I talk about in my lyrics. Mm -hmm. It started to really mess with me, man. Cause I was like, 
at what cost, you know? And it's like, sure, like this year I'm missing Halloween, Thanksgiving, and my birthday, and I don't get to celebrate that with her. And it's like, that's fine. I'll do it next year. But then you start to think of like, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? And she's 28 years old. You know what I mean? So it's like, what the hell? I'm so sorry, man. Oh, man. I, I appreciate you, but that's the, so that the song blue on the album, um, which is coming out November 1st, we're going to be using that as like another single before the record. Okay. That's what that song is about, you know? And, uh, so there's only one song on this, on this album. That's really about me. And that's what I mean with the ego death is the rest of these songs are just about good songs. I want every song was treated like a single. I want you to be able to pop in, listen to it and go, this is a good song. And if that's not a good one, maybe the next one. I feel like this is the first broadside album, you know, I finally experienced not to be like, Hey, I don't have a father. Listen to me. Um, this and that I'm able to push that aside and just be like, invoke a feeling or a sentiment by focusing on the music first, the melody, very close second. And then the lyrics third, it allowed me to just be like, damn, this is just a good song. Every song feels like a single. And that's how I treated it. I want to show the music industry, people, uh, my homies, my friends, ex-girlfriends, whoever, like, oh, wow, like this person is out here declaring that they are writing an album. And that's what it feels like to me. Like, I'm no longer trying to impress myself. You know what I mean? I'm trying to prove myself and I'm trying to solidify that I was here. And that's... I'm starting to see certain signs of it, you know, um, through like press and just cool stuff like that. And and that's good, but it's such a long, long game. And I can't lie to you, man, watching younger, hotter, more successful people come along and just get it like that. It's so hard not to feel like this empty wave of, and not even because I don't have that, but I just think about all the band members I've lost, all the friends I've lost, the fiance I almost lost. And I'm just like in pursuit of an idea that I had when I was 16. It feels so self-serving, but I'm like, dude, I don't know what else to do. I don't have anyone else to ask, how do I, what do I do? I don't have family business to go into. Nobody in my house, in my family owns a house. You know, like there's just like, everything keeps accidentally progressing forward for me. And it's scary sometimes, but it's also really exciting because you know, it's a constant state of fight or flight. So it kind of keeps me on my toes. But dude, sometimes I just want to feel good and comfortable. You know, like I'd love to when I'm home, I'd love to not be thinking about tour. But right now I'm just like, oh, there's not enough tours. There's not enough things going on. And it's psychotic. So <laughs> I'm hoping with that mentality and putting out that energy into the world and into the music that we can start progressing into a, a place where we're just a good band that people like. I just want to be somebody's favorite band, you know? Well, I think you are a lot of people's favorite band, to be honest. Um, That's just true. to comment real quick on the, like, yeah, yeah. You, you said, uh, you know, you're seeing these people that will, like, just pop up, like, these younger people. Yeah. I will say, like, the fact that you have been a band and lo- with the longevity you guys have done and the amount of albums you've done, like, not, most bands can't say that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think if for me, if I was in a band, I would want to have your guys' career versus like, okay, I have this one song and then it popped off on TikTok and then sure. like, 
you know, then it had this many streams and then it was on the radio for 10 minutes. And then it's like, but then what? Like, you have, what? They, like yeah. yeah, a lot of those people have no back catalog, have no concept of what's happening. It's like they were just thrown in the, the you know, fire for a minute. And it's yeah. like, think of all the bands in the 90s or earlier that had one song. And it's like, you know, where are they at? Yeah, that's that's such a good point. <laughs> Do you know what's did you know what's super trippy is like we took we went on tour with this band last year and we took them out on our headliner and I was talking to their singer and I was just looking at him I was like you're just so cool looking and you're just so they're happy they're still skateboarding before they play you know they're going on stage sweaty and shit I'm like what the and I'm talking to him and he's like yeah man you're the goat and I was like thanks man and he was like no seriously when I was in eighth grade I loved coffee talk and I was like eighth grade bro i was i was working on my third armpit hair and trying to hold hands at my friend's birthday party what are you talking about um you know i think a little bit of that's involved too i think i am going through that uh you know yeah quarter life crisis crisis. yeah Yeah. no dude just because i was like oh thanks bro i am the goat but on stage that night bro in my head i was like this mother eighth grade (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> God damn I'm old. <laughs> I was like no way this guy might have wrote broadside on his little spiral notebook like that he is probably crazy. did he probably wrote the lyrics to coffee talk on the back of his like <laughs> on the back of his science book or something <laughs> but in uh, that I I find I find joy in that too I'm I am happy and and you're right like whenever thank you for saying that like whenever somebody reminds me of like time that is precious and it is nice to know that like I may have existed in in uh, some capacity of another singer being like, oh, I want to sing like Ollie. And that's pretty rad, you know, 100 percent. Yeah. And the fact that you guys have grinded it out and done what you've done and achieved what you have, not that's not the norm anymore. And I don't think right. that's the longevity for that is there. I mean, the longevity for what you guys did is that sure, sure, but totally the different beginning. Now. Yeah. But like the Good Internet point. bands like. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I don't want to, I'm trying to think how to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, whatever. Um, I remember like Palfu, for example, he had Mm. coffee, he had coffee talk, I think was the name of the song, not coffee talk. What the hell was that song called? Something about coffee also coffee in your head or whatever it was. Uh, I interviewed him during COVID and it was like, that song was like peaked, but it was like the only thing he had out. It was like they're asking him to do a show and he's like, I don't, you know, I, I can't. don't know if I can cover 20 minutes. Yeah. That's the you know thing. What I mean? It's like, it's, that's uh, crazy. It's, it's trippy. I think about that stuff all the time. Like for instance, when we went to Japan and none of our tracks worked the very first day and I was like, all right, looks like we're going to DIY this shit in front of all these really cool Japanese people. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you can do that because yeah, you're we can used do that. To, you've played a, yeah. you know, probably played a, a, a shed before, you know, right. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I think I think that's a good point. And um yeah, and I and I don't I don't envy the uh the idea that they have that they have to create a persona and then be that persona online and offline because in like Forever, I say right? I used to use the internet strictly as a tool and I still still do. I'm able to be like, "You know what? I'm not straight up not going to go on the internet for 3 weeks." And it's fine. Whereas like mm-hmm. some artists can't do that. They just, right, they, they don't go on the internet for three weeks like, and they're gone. They're they're yeah. non-existent anymore. Right, so that is a very unfortunate real reality. You know, they're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta remind people that, and that's the other thing is like, seeing in real life what 
TikTok numbers translate to real life ticket shows. Anybody can watch a video, but not everybody's going to come out and stand on their feet for three hours and watch your band jump up and down on stage. You know what I mean? It's not the same as a 20 second video. It's just no. Yeah, and, the, so. and the TikToks. Yeah. And I've and, and I've had a lot of conversations with artists about that, too. It's like you could have, a, you know, a billion streams or whatever on one song or a lot mm -hmm. of video, you know, shares on this one thing. And then you're known as that one thing. And but there's nothing else that it, there's no like depth for the person to be like, oh, I'm going to go pay twenty dollars to see this yeah. band and I'm going to. I'm going to take my evening. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get a babysitter and I'm going to go to this show. Right. It, right it's right. like why a lot of people wouldn't do that just because they saw a video a thousand times. You know what I mean? Like in the fact that you guys can pull tickets and you've been doing this for such a long time yeah. and you've had those opportunities. It's like, it's different. Like, oh, wow. Broadside's coming. Okay. I'm going to go. Right. I, I don't even know what their new album is. Or maybe I haven't right. seen, listened. Oh yeah. I just see your name on a flyer. Like, oh shit. Like I haven't, I forgot. Like I haven't heard yeah. them in a while. And then you're going back and it's like, but they know they're going to go to the show because they remember being a fan for whatever. That's a good point. I don't know. I just think you guys have something and, um, uh, yeah, it's going to continue to catapult forward. Um, but did Thanks. you know you're doing an album when you started it? I mean, it's since you've always done albums, like at what point yeah. did you kind of have that realization? Like every song I'm, is going to be like, were you having those thoughts when you go, went into the album? Like every song's got to be a banger, like or a oh, big yeah. song you were kind of saying. Yeah. Yeah. So we definitely started with one last time. And once that single popped off, we wanted to write a song that kind of paid tribute to the first two albums since the third album went, went kind of artsy and dark, you know? And so we were like that. And then Jeff ended up leaving the band and then we were like, okay, let's start writing some songs. And then once Wade, we got the email saying like Andrew Wade is interested in working with us. We were like, oh, we got to write an album. Cause like catch me <laughs> rolling up. And this guy's like, these suck ass. What are these songs? Um, <laughs> But yeah, this is the first time also that we have more songs recorded that ended up making the album. So like we could eventually have like B-sides and shit. Um, oh, really? Yeah, which is really rad. So so we didn't know until I'd say that we got that email. So like One Last Time is on the album and it pays homage, like I said, to the first two, like kind of. And like, that has big numbers too. I mean, it's right. Not, yeah, big, yeah. I mean, it did really well. Right. Even the live, it's crazy. Like when that song comes, like we're starting our set with it, this, this upcoming tour, but oh, rad. live people just go apeshit for that. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, like that's crazy. You know what I mean? So, um, and that's the other thing, dude, is that we're experiencing like people that haven't heard some of the old other stuff. They've just heard like Raging Sea or this new stuff. And it's like, holy <laughs> yeah and that's insane because then yeah, they'll go back and nuts. hear those other old songs and be like oh wow they're oh, like wow. oh i didn't <laughs> realize that this is the, you know i mean you said raging sea was more of an artsy yeah. kind of you know pivot but that song did i mean that record did awesome as well it yeah that like, did really well especially considering flop, we didn't you know ever mean? play we we've done maybe one full tour playing raging sea songs you know, in its entire existence so that's that's good that gives me comfort in the songs you know what i mean so yeah. um but i feel like yeah once we once wade confirmed i was like okay so let's write an album and then he was like what do you guys want to sound like and we started thinking about it i was like i want to be like the band camino taking back sunday and i don't know something some artsy some artsy stuff in there too so there's always a moment in every song that has like a little sonic level like the end of uh, one of the one of the songs is like this really cool like 
break house beat for like 20 seconds. Just these little moments of like ear candy where you go, what? And that's to me what it's always been so exciting when you're listening to a song and you go, shit, let me rewind the whole song just so I can experience this 15 seconds. And yeah. like, if you can make somebody turn to the next person and be like, dude, did you hear that? That's so exciting. That that recently happened to me at the gym with the new Blink record. And I was just okay. like, dude, you know, because me, I'm like, oh, it's not it's not going to be take off your pants and jacket, you know, like, right. who cares? But then I listen to it. I'm like, dude, <laughs> so I have to give that record more time. I'm 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 from San Diego. I grew up in around there. Poway where the band's from. And yeah, you know, what do you think? First first couple listens to is it just like not hit with you or what? It was. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I've given it one full listen and the yeah. singles were, I was like, eh, you yeah, know, I don't, I don't know. Another point that I want to make is the favorite, my favorite songs in the album, our album are not even the singles. And that's the most exciting part. Like when you listen to an album and you get to a part where you're like, yo, why was this not a single? That right. shit is exciting. And I, and we have a few songs like that. And that's how I feel about that song terrified on the new blink album. That song really was like, what the hell? This is sick as hell. And that's when it really started to make me think like, Okay, now they're famous, right? They're celebrities, so they got to do these like singles. Like one of the biggest for, bands on the right. planet, right? Yeah. So then you go, okay, I get why they had to put these singles out, right? But then I hear a song like that, and I'm like, oh, this is this feels good. It feels good that they're like, hey, this could be the last record for real this time because of all the stuff that's going on. And right. that alone, I was like, good for you. Because at first, I was like get out of here bro make some room for the rest of us right <laughs> you yeah know, but yeah tom's but, back now just do a tour and play yeah. all like the old albums and then yeah. just hang, hang up the cleat just go have enough money <laughs> <laughs> but then i was like maybe these guys actually like their band and that's why they're writing another album so once i started yeah, thinking about hard. it from that angle i was like all right do you well, have to listen to that blink song because i like i said i haven't given it a chance i kind of fair enough like, yeah eh. yeah you know eh. totally because I, totally I did that when because I was a huge Alkaline Trio fan, and when Skiba joined that band, I was like, "What? This doesn't even make sense." <laughs> and then I, you listen to those two albums, and it's like you could totally tell which ones he wrote. And I, I know it's yeah, not the a blank album. Clear. Yeah, yeah, fair. But, um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm excited for the album, and and uh, and I, you have a lot of features on the album too, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people jumped on. Yeah, yeah. We uh, luckily, like I said, so we we maximum we use the maximum budget that we could, which is good um, because one, it gave me an opportunity to have other cool vocalists that we've had the opportunity to tour with in the past and just meeting them. And they're all my friends. I could text any one of them right now and be like, hey, ugly, you know, like so, <laughs> you know, it's it's nice to be like, you know, friendly like that. But in the same regard, they're not just like, hey, a cool person on a song, you know, like some of these, you, it'd be easy to go and get some really cool people. And they're like, all right, give me $5,000. I don't give a shit about your band. Um, right. And it's like, there's that angle, or you could put a voice in a place where it belongs. So all the songs were recorded with my vocals first. I sent them to those individual artists and we're like, I want you to do this, but give your own flair. And they did. And then, so yeah, so we have three features. Uh, we have Devin from Honey Revenge. We have Josh from Magnolia Park. And then, you know, we have the singer of our home team as well. So, like, those are just really unique and amazing voices. And I'm so happy to have them on the record and happy that we could actually pay them and not have to be like, hey, man, I got you in the future, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so the three that are out that have the 
the features on them, those are the only features on the album? Yeah, those are the only features on the album. And we put those out as singles um, just to kind of get people hype on it. And then also yeah. like, you know, just to be like, hey, look, look at what we can afford. Look at what we can do now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and those are the most like kind of exciting single like songs. But that's what I was saying. I feel like when people want to dive deeper, um, it's that's there for them on the album, which is I feel like a reward and that's what makes it really, really nice. It's like, it's a journey, you know, and it's kind of a con concept of an album, you know, so it, yeah. it works. Yeah. Is there like, I'm just like on the album, I'm you have to love all the songs. And I, I even hate asking this question, but I'm just curious because you said like some of the non singles sure. are, you know, what would you like? Is there a particular song on the record that you're just like, this is like the, my favorite song I ever wrote. Yeah, How to Love and How to Lie is one of my favorite songs ever. It's kind of like a Cure song. Uh, the guitar tones in it are really like hollow body guitar sounding and oh, just cool. really, really gnarly. And then the lyrics, the chorus, I kind of copies, got influenced by uh, Robert Smith's cadence and some of the stuff. And then, um, yeah, I just, I just really like songs like that, that it just feels like... There's a message here and I just want to hear it again. And it kind of sounds different than the other bits of the record too. So that excites me. There's a song on the album called What Have I Done? And it's just about our fans. And uh and it's just a love letter to them, just saying, like, what have I done to deserve your love? I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And then, you know, the verses are like, Don't go, I want to hear you. I love it when you sing the lyrics, and like that kind of thing. And I mean, that's what I'm saying is like I'm at a point where I just want to thank people who care. And so that's pretty fun to just write a song about like that's what i'm saying is like i can i can tell you what a song is about in a sentence now whereas back uh -huh. in the day i used to be like oh when i was in seventh grade you know like it's like <laughs> you know like yeah. now i can just be like this is a letter to our fans uh how to love yeah. how to lie is just straight up how it's easy to lie to your friends your family and stuff as you get older because it might hurt them to tell the truth and you want to keep them around it's pretty simple concepts but in a melodic cool broadside way and that's the other thing dude this is like this is my fourth album i'm like i'm doing whatever the hell i want you know like i'm just like yeah just writing songs just hoping they work but also at the same time i'm like well this producer is incredible the song's going to sound fantastic let's write a good song you know like let's write a let's write a good damn song yeah um, did so they like change that. up like like did you have the songs and know which because it sounds like i mean you did mm -hmm. you split it up between nashville and in Orlando, yeah. were, were there certain songs that you're like, okay, this producer would be better on this song? And yeah, or was so, it like in the moment kind of? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's like kind of two tones. There's like the big, there's like the songs that have this like kind of deep punch uh, alternative or rock radio sound. And that's what we really wanted to go with Wade. And then mm -hmm. we really wanted that like twang kind of like, hopefully we'll play Coachella, Bonnaroo kind okay. of, yeah. you know, vibe. And we went with Bayless on that. Um, there's a song on the album called Dazed Confused and it's just rocking immediately from the intro and the lyrics are, you know, kitschy and cute and cool. And, um, but the song itself, I mean, there's a damn guitar solo in the middle. That's, that's, that's how unattached damn, that's to rad. it. But that's I'm like, rad. dude, let it, let the band just rock for a second, you know? And there's a <laughs> lot of those moments where I'm just like, that's how I know I'm getting older, dude. I just want to sit back and watch the band play a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool, man. That's really um, cool. I, but yeah. I love it. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much again dude, for being this. Thank you. It's, it's always I'm so happy a, to talk to you again. This has been awesome. I, I know the tour is coming through Nashville, which is rad. I was looking yeah. at the dates earlier. Uh, wildlife and you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, towards the end, December 4th. Exit in. I'm going. All right, good. Let's hang calendar. out then. 
Yes. All right, no, good. I would love that. I would love that. Um, yeah, you guys are doing Atlanta and then and then Nashville. So mm-hmm. sweet. And then you can you can come check out the area and then you know put put some money down on a place and let's go. You know, <laughs> and run November tenth when, uh, November 10th when you guys get you know you, you get a day of rest and then you yeah. just load up the U-Haul. <laughs> there it is. I love it. I love that idea, dude. Thank you so much for your time. Oh no, thank you all. You've been awesome. I have one more question for you, real yeah, quick. Hit me. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah, of course I do. So my advice to any aspiring artist is to go with your gut instinct. And that's just whether you're an artist, you're a painter, you're a thinker, you make sandwiches, okay? Go with your gut because nobody is going to be able to convince you that they have a better idea than you. At first, you have to be comfortable with trusting yourself. There's all this talk about trusting the process, touching. There is no process. There is no path. There is no what you have to do, right? There's certain things that come along, but if you can't sit with yourself and feel as if you can flesh out those ideas with yourself, you're never going to feel comfortable giving that away to someone else. So all you're ever going to give away is just fragments of an idea. But if you can sit, convince yourself, tell yourself, I am worthy, I am capable, and I'm functional. Those three elements of your art, your time, your love, your passion, um, I just feel like there's. it's a surefire way to at least be like, it's not about being famous, it's not about making it happen, it's simply about knowing the difference between a bullshitter and somebody who genuinely believes what they are talking, thinking, praying, doing in their free time so get comfortable with trying all the weird stuff in yourself in your mind in your brain and then no one is going to be able to take that away from you 